back in. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming back in. If you can go ahead and start inviting people back into our live, I really would appreciate that. Amen. God bless you. Once again, thank you for joining me tonight for our push nightcap. Normally, we're just here Monday through Thursday, um, but I felt the need to come on this evening um, for a little while. We've been talking about love, and um, I want to really get back into that message of love. Um, I was going to go to church this morning. I was going to go to fellowship this morning. Y'all know I have to always catch myself when I say church because we are the church. And so I, I want to, I think that, you know, we, we relate ourselves to the church too often. Oh, look at that. This is going to be a good word. You know, this is going to be a good word. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yes. I think we relate ourselves to the church building um, too much and we don't um, we don't we, we, we come away from the understanding that we are the church and so I like to reference the time that I go to fellowship um, with that time of fellowship um, with the body and so um, had my grandkids and Charlie you know I, I have four kids so and I they've all since we've been in Georgia and that's 20 something years we have always gone to, you know, fellowship. And it's something about doing it 20 years ago, four kids, getting everybody ready, being in church on time, like being there early. It's so, totally different about getting four kids together um, now, <laughs> you know? So get trying to get the four grandkids. It, I got them up at like eight. And by, we was just we just got finished getting ready probably about... 11:30. So by that time I'm like, you know what? We just going to have Bible study at home. And of course, what was our subject? We 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 had Bible study about love. And when I began to break down to my grandchildren, it was like, that's too much, Mima. <laughs> that's too hard. Like we don't like love like, you know, that requires too much. That's too deep. And I think as the body we have really gotten away from the true meaning of love. And so God just has me in this place, probably because he's dealing with my love walk. And so he deals with me first. And as he deals with me, then I like to come on and share, share the revelation of, of what the Holy Spirit has given to me. And so I'm going to share with you guys um, because I think we really have to get this. We have to get this. It is so detrimental that in this time that we understand the true meaning of what it means for us to walk in love. Walk in love. Not condemnation, not judgment, but love. Okay? It says the perfect love cast out. It's the perfect love that covers sin. It's the perfect love that never fails. And so once we get that straight, then we can begin to do and be who God created us to be in the earth, which really is an example of love, an example of him. God is love. Therefore, we too must be the, the, the representation of the love of God that he's had for us. And so once we get that, we can then begin to move and establish as the body of Christ the way that he intended for us to be. And so that is, I remember when I first left, when I left the first church, 
I would always tell my sister um, who's all here tonight, I said, that's going to be one of my first messages. I'm going to preach about love because we miss it. A lot of time religion has us so bound up that we miss it. We don't, we miss what God really wanted us to, to exemplify in the earth and how we should be with one another. Um, so I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk about love again. Can I just say, I'm going to give you guys some scriptures. We're going to be in John 14 and 6. We're going to be in Matthew 22 verses 36 to 40. And then we're also going to probably touch base on Matthew 23 and 15. That's going to be our scriptures for tonight, unless the Holy Spirit lead us somewhere else. But let me tell you this. There are different types of love. Come on, if you haven't shared this, go ahead and share. I can't guarantee you I won't be here long, but I'm going to get this foundation because what I don't want us to do is to keep damaging the sheep of God because we so call ourselves walking in the spirit of love when we're really walking in a spirit of religion and condemnation. You, We must know the difference of the two. Religion is not founded in love. Come on. Jesus, can we please get our love walk right? I'm going to tell you how this, how, how I got here. Like this is something that's all, because of where I've been and what I've seen, I learned a lot of what not to do from places that I've seen things being done wrong, from places where I've seen people being mistreated, from places where I've seen God's sheep being mishandled. Come on, we're so busy trying to um, fix the body. We're so busy trying to, to, to you know, uh, bring order to somebody else. When God said, look, if, you, if we would just examine our own heart or allow the Holy Spirit to do the work on the inside of us, look, he, that's his job. He'll do the rest. All we got to do is position ourselves and walk in the love of God that he created us to do. He said, that's the greatest of commandment. The greatest. Let's go. Let's go to Matthew 22 and 36 to 40. And I'm going to tell you how, how I got here because this thing is so... Um, it's so embedded in my heart because the Bible says, woe to them that scatter the sheep of God as leaders, as shepherds, as whatever your title or whatever your, you may, your office is, what, just being a servant of the Lord. Woe to you who scatter the sheep of God. When God entrusts somebody in our hands, he entrusts them in our hands for us to love and be the example of who he was in the earth. Not for us to abuse them, not for us to mistreat them, not for us to mishandle them in any way. He has entrusted his sheep into our hands as under shepherds to do as he as he as he directs us to do. Not to mistreat them. We got to know how to walk in the spirit of love. The same love that saved your soul. The same love that kept you from a burning hell. The same love that delivered you, that set you free. This is the love of God that we have to, as believers and body of, and the body of Christ, we have to learn to live by. There are many that because, look, they come into our organizations, our church fellowships, and because... They get mistreated and mishandled. They, they Look, that turns them away from God because they are looking at us 
believers to be an example of Christ in the earth. They are expecting to go into our church organization and to go into the midst of fellowship and to come and receive prayer on our outreaches. They're expecting to come and feel God's love. The Bible says to come as you are. They're not trying to look. That does not mean come in your clothes. Yeah, you could look. I go, I go as I am all the time. I go in my jeans, my cap, my t-shirts, my sneakers. I'm coming as I am. I'm not representing my brand, but I'm, this is who I am. This is, this is not just something that I do. This is who I am. This is my heart, the heart for God's people to push them to their destiny, to push them to their purpose, to get them out of their place of complacency. This is what, what God has assigned me to do. And so, you know, it bothers me when people come to a place that should be a place of refuge. There should be a place of healing. There should be a place of deliverance. When they come and they entrust us as believers of the body of Christ, they entrust us to, to, to handle them with the love that God handled us with. What ha- and then, then they come and what they receive is the total opposite. Do you not remember where God has brought you from? See, I never forget where God brought me from. I always remember where God brought me from. Listen, because I, look, I I wasn't always preaching. Come on, I've been on corners. I've been in clubs. Come on. I've been, look, I've been in a lot of places that I should not have been been and done a lot of things that I should not have been doing. But it was nothing but God's love and his grace for me that allows me to be here today. We forget that as the body. Somehow in our mind, just because we know a little scripture and we know a little word and we feel like we are saved and and somehow have arrived, maybe because we got a title or, or whatever the case may be. But somehow in our mind, we forget where God has brought us from. We forget the the, the grace that he has shown us and we forget how to show that same grace to our brother, to our sister that may not be um, living in the full potential that God has created them to live. That That does not negate, that does not negate that we as believers in the body of Christ, we must show them who God is not just by our words, but through our actions, through our actions. Oh my God. I used to say when I was on a parking lot, man, there's never a time that you should ever feel that the streets or the world treats you better than the body, treats you better than believers, treats you better than Bible toting, preaching, scripture preaching, treats you better than those that declare and claim that they believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. At no time should someone of the world look that is looking for look looking to do better, looking for salvation. People come to church because they want something better. You don't have to tell somebody when they messing up. You don't have to tell somebody when they falling short. When I was jacked up, ain't nobody have to tell me that. I knew I was jacked up. Don't nobody need to show you their sin. They know that they are fallen state. This is why they've come to the house. This is why they've come for prayer. This is why they come and seeking refuge. I don't know why we think that, you know, somebody comes and that's our opportunity to beat them upside the head with the word. That's not what they came for. They came to see Jesus. They came for an encounter. They came to experience the same love and grace that you got, that you received. Jesus, come on. 
Matthew 22, Matthew 22, 36. Matthew 22 and 36 says, these are the disciples and they're asking and they're saying, teacher, which is the great, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus says to him, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great, this is the first and greatest commandment. But then he turns around and says, in 38, he says, and the second is just like it. The first to love God. That's the greatest commandment. Come on. Because you don't know, you can't find out how to love God unless you, you can't find out how to love somebody else unless you know how to love God. You can't even find out, you can't even figure out how to love yourself if you don't have a relationship with God. If you don't love God. Because he is love. He is the one that teaches you and shows you what love is. See, a lot of us think we have an understanding of love, but we don't really have the true meaning and definition and understanding what it is to really love and be loved. The only way to find that is in the Father. That's your first relationship. That's your most important relationship. And this is why Jesus said, because it's in red, Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to first love God. Because as you love God, he's going to teach you how to love everybody else. He's going to teach you how to love yourself. He's going to teach you how to love others. He's going to teach you how to love your family, how to love your children, how to love your spouse. He's going to even teach you how to love your enemies in the midst of adversity. If you have an understanding of what true love really is, God will teach you how to love those that you don't even feel is worthy enough to receive love. If you understand to that first commandment to first love God, then the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now he's not talking about your next door neighbor that you can go and knock on a door. Listen, we are all the body of Christ. We are all brothers and joint brothers and sisters, joint heirs to the throne. Come on. Jesus is our big brother. Come on. The heavenly father. This is why we can call him Abba father, because we are all part of the kingdom of God and all family. I don't care what what color your skin is. If I cut you, it's going to be the same red, the same red that runs through your veins, that runs through mine. And if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's going to be the same blood of Jesus that's running through your veins, that's running through mine. Come on. We are the body of Christ. And when we learn how to function and operate as the body through love, then we're going to be a whole lot better off. See, the enemy comes in and causes division amongst the body. He wants to separate you. He wants to make you feel like you are elevated. He wants you to be prideful and boastful. He wants you to be condemning. Come on, that's religion. That's not relationship. Relationship tells you love God and love your neighbors. Love God and love your neighbors. Show mercy, show grace for those that you feel are less fortunate, for those that you feel have an issue. It is not your job to fix them. It is your job to love them. I just need us to get this. This thing bothers me, my God. This thing bothers me so much because when people come to us, looking at us as a point of refuge, looking at us to tell them how, listen, they don't want you to point their sin out. They know their sin, but they want you to look. How do I get to know this God that you know? 
How do I form the relationship? How do I maintain a holy life? How do I become righteous? How do I become? See, they're looking at you for the answers of salvation. But let me help you. When they're coming to you for an answer that, that of salvation and what they get instead is judgment and condemnation, that turns them away. told y'all the last what was that last week oh my gosh last week when somebody you got to give people time to come in it is not our job to you let's get up you you can't fix nobody you can't fix nobody you can't heal nobody you can't save nobody you can't redeem nobody listen your blood ain't good enough to redeem nobody there's nothing that you can do outside of god and the will of god the only thing that you're supposed to do is to love pray for them love them (laughs) stand in agreement with them intercede for him. Come on. Is Jesus not sitting on the throne interceding on your behalf? Come on. Cause listen, we all fall short. All have fallen short. Can we just remember that? My God, 36 and 40 says the greatest, the second is the like that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says on these two commandments, hang all the law of the prophets. Now you remember the whole, listen, we're under a new covenant. The old covenant was predicated and ruled and dictated by the law. See, this is why there was priests. This is why you, you, those Sadducees and Pharisees, they were able to, to be in position. But what we found was they were so dictated and mandated by the law that they did not know how to form the relationship of the word that, with the word that dwelt among them. All they knew was that this law. And so this is the conflict that Jesus continuously had with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was because they were so busy trying to make the people be ruled according to the law that they forgot or did not understand how to have the relationship with God and relationship with the father that they needed to have. When you look at Matthew 23 and 15, Matthew 23 and 15 Jesus says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees. He calls them hypocrites. He says, hypocrites. He says, for you, you travel land to see to win one proselyte. That's someone that does not know Christ. You try, look, we go, we go here, we go there just to win one, one proselyte. He said, this is what happens when you won the one. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Why? Because you are teaching them false doctrine and you are teaching them not how to love, but how to abide according to the law. The law was fulfilled through Christ. Come on. The law was fulfilled through Christ. This is the only reason why we're not out here now still offering sacrifices, burnt offerings to the Lord as an atonement for our sin. Because Jesus came to be the atonement. And the same blood that was shed for us is the same blood that was shed for that drug dealer on the corner, for that one that's still hitting the pipe, for that homosexual. Come on. It's the same blood. There is no difference. 
The same grace and mercy that is show, was shown for us is the same grace and mercy for every sinner. Can I, let me just, y'all may say, why is she tripping like this tonight? Can I just, let me just help y'all out. Let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just help y'all out. This is why, this is, this is the issue that I have. This is the issue that I have. Y'all may, y'all may, y'all may want to hear this word. You may not. I don't know. This is a harsh word. I didn't come to, listen, I didn't come to tickle your fancy tonight. I didn't come to make you feel good. Anytime the word goes forth, it should not make you feel good. It is not here to make you feel good. The word comes as a two-edged sword to cut. So it's not here to make you feel good. It's here to cut away all that unrighteousness and unholiness. It's here to cut away for everything that's not like him from out of your life, out of your mind, out of your thinking. The word of God is here to cut. Hallelujah. So we're going to sever all that, all that, all those ungodly belief systems. Come on, all them demonic doctrines and all that false teaching and all that idolatry and stuff that's got us so jacked up and so messed up that we don't even know how to receive the body. We don't even know how to receive. He said, look, that what you've done for the least of them, you've done it for me. We don't know how to do for the least because we're too busy trying to arrive and serve people that we forgot that as we serve God, we serve his people. And there's a way to serve. You serve out of love. Not for man, but for him. When I go to the streets, I don't look down at anybody or cast judgment or, 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 or snub my nose out. No, that's not my place. They are just as much a child of God as I am. I was just as jacked up as, as they are. The only difference with, with, between them and me is that I just decided to live holy. And they still going through their process. <sighs> Let me just tell y'all where I'm at. So, yesterday, you know, um, somebody invited me to do a little outreach. And so, you know, I was going to support. And it was good, you know. You know, I came towards the end and God released a prophetic word and it was, it was really good. The word of the Lord came forth. It was, it was good, you know? Um, and then there was two people that came up. Come on. There was two people that came up. And I, can I say, listen, I don't even, I don't know these people personally. I just happened to come up in the parking lot, say, Hey, I came to see so-and-so. My name is apostle Keisha. And you know, they were like, listen, you got to share. Okay. But you listen, you got to understand when you ask the apostle to share, you got to understand that they're going to share what God has given them to share. And it ain't always going to feel good or sound, you know, tickle your fancy. It's not, that's not what we do. We came to disrupt things. We came to tear down things. We came to, to, to tear up fallow ground. Come on, that's what we come to do. So that the, that the altars of the Lord can be rebuilt. That's what we come to do. And so as I came and I'm sharing... You know, there's two people. Now, can I tell this was in the middle of, of Atlanta in a parking lot. These two people, they pulled up there, they pulled up in the gas station next to where everybody was sitting. And they came from out of their car and they're sitting there and they're hearing me give the word of the Lord to the woman of God. And 
Then they're standing there, and as they're standing there, you know, the Lord tells me that I need to pray for one of the one of the sisters, and so I'm like, I already knew I needed to pray for one, but they came up asking for prayer. Can I help you? I'm gonna say that again. They came, they pulled into the gas station, walked across the parking lot because they saw a tent, because they saw people out there praying and fellowshipping and they wanted prayer. They wanted the encounter with God. They wanted to, to, they wanted, they knew that there was was something that was in them that they wanted to put before the Lord. And so they came requesting prayer. I just need to put that out there. I need us to understand. Just because you see somebody on the side of the road and they may be homeless or they may have a sign of, or they may, you know, they may be reeking of alcohol or smelling just like weed. That does not mean that they are not seeking God. That does not mean that they are not asking the Lord to change me, do something in me, created me a clean heart. Come on. That does not mean that they don't see the state that they're in. That just means that they're in a different part of their process than you are. Hey, Karama sit here. Hallelujah. Jesus. So they came up, they asking for prayer and I'm like, okay. And I can still see this young lady's eyes. Now granted, She's, she was battling with a spirit of homosexuality. It was quite evident. She was straight dude out. I get it. And so God had already given me a word for, for the young lady that was with her to speak healing over her body. And so the, the other girl, she's sitting there and she's looking me at my eyes like, I really wanted you to pray for me. Like almost don't let them pray for me. Like that, that she had that kind of look in her eyes. And I said, listen, I'm going to pray for you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to pray for you. And then she went over to the side and as I began to minister to the other young lady and I finished and I could hear them speaking to this other, um, the other one that was looking at me like, please pray for me as I, as I can hear them and I look over, look, y'all got to help me, you know, listen, y'all got to help me because there was, there was something that rose up on the inside of me, but I had the honor because it wasn't my event. I didn't put that together. So I honored God. And I honored the woman of God that was giving it. But there was something that was rising up on the inside of me. Because as I was looking over there. They was tag teaming that woman of God. Who came up for prayer. Who came up seeking God. They was tag teaming her. And all I saw them was up there with the Bible in her face like that. Beating her up with the word. Telling her that she was going to go to hell. Telling her that if she didn't get her life right. If she didn't stop her homosexual her homosexual tendencies. And the battle that she was having. If she didn't learn how to live for God then there was a judgment and she was gonna go to hell for not for not giving her and and changing from her homosexual ways <sighs> let me help y'all that right there I kept turning and and even the one one of, one of the ones that was serving, she kept looking at me like, you can come over and pray anytime you get ready. You can come over and jump in anytime you get ready. But I, you know, I was trying to be respectful because I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to stay my, stay in order. This wasn't my thing. You understand what I'm saying? This wasn't my thing. And so 
I said after I got finished praying, and I just stood over there, you know, and I'm praying the spirit, and I just stood over there, and when I felt like they was finished, I said, listen, you know, all I want to do is pray for you. All I want to do is show the love of God for you. I said, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. She said, yeah. She's like, you know, I hear the, I, I know what they're talking about. I hear the word, you know, and God is healing me. She said, I've been clean off of drugs for 30-some years. So God is, look, she's in a process, and God is working out through her process. That does not mean that she didn't love God. That does not mean that she does not know that she does not. There's some things, there's some areas in her life that she still needs God to, to, to come in and, and, and arrest on the inside of her. That does not mean that she does not understand the state that she's in right now. She was seeking God and what she found instead of finding the love of God, what she came up against was religion. They was literally holding her hands like she was trying to walk away and they were like, you know, no, I just, you know, we just want to help you. We just try. You're not helping her. You're not helping her from condemning her. You're not helping them from beating her upside the head with the word. That is not helping them. It says that love covers a multitude of sin. It is a perfect love of God. That is what helps. We can't save nobody. All we can do is be the vessel of love. That's all that we're commanded to do is to love. Somehow religion has told us that we got a heaven and hell to put somebody in. Somehow religion has told us that it is our job. Now, yes, the Bible does say that we can judge. It says, judge not that you judge not lest ye be judged by the same measure come on this is why we have a spirit of discernment to be able to judge judge the spirit by the by the spirit but there's a difference between judging someone by the spirit and judging them in condemnation i am not the judge I am not the one that has a heaven or hell to put you in. I am not he that sits on top of the throne that can cast you to a burning hell. I am only a servant of the Lord. I am only a son and an heir to the throne. I am only the representation of Christ. I am his love agent in the earth. And my only job and responsibility is to love you to wholeness just the way God loved me. Come on, Jesus. We are missing it. This is why folk don't want nothing to do with coming together in a building or coming together. Look, look, I guess even in a parking lot because religion and I'm not saying that every church organization operates under a spirit of religion. There are some that are really functioning according to what God, how God structured the building and the organization to function under. It is to build, to strengthen, to edify so that you can be sent out to do the work. There is a purpose for the building, but the purpose for the building is not to condemn. It is not to judge. It is not to put somebody in a place of hell because of the sin that you see manifested in their heart. God looks at the heart of man. God saw her heart. Don't think that God don't see. Yeah, he sees her actions, but you know what? He sees, you know what? She's got a willing heart. She came to receive prayer. Can I help you? She was weakened of, 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 of alcohol, smoke, 
She, she looked like she was a little tipsy. But even in that state, she had enough on the inside of her to say, I need prayer. She parked it. Look, she was driving by, parked her car just to get prayer. And what she found was smack, getting smacked in the face with religion. That is not God. And the great falling away is occurring right now because people are tired of dealing with religion. I had most of my um, people when I first started um, doing ministry, push ministries, most of them are millennials. So I dropped my grandchildren off to dance school and one of the, the, the owner, her son was in my group, is it, it, you know, affiliated with Push. And p- all we did was sit around, I would have them over to my house, we would come, we would fellowship, we would eat, we would laugh, we would play games, and then it was an open forum, them, open forum for them to be able to come in and share their heart, to get clarity in the word and to get clarity and prayer for how they may have been feeling or what they may have been dealing with. But it was a no judgment zone. So this young man, it's been, God, at least five years, four or five years at least, since I've had my last push meeting. And he says, look, when are we going to have another one? He said, look, it's, this is so needed. He said, because I said, you know what? You, I, I know we need to have another push meeting because all of my group, once we kind of, some things happened and, and they kind of broke off, we broke off. None of them, none of them want to come back to the church. None of them want to come back to the building. They all love God. They all want a relationship with God. They all want to have an encounter and experience. They all have questions concerning what that means to have a relationship with God. But they don't want to deal with religion. There's a difference. Religion is a form of godliness with no power. You know why there's no power? Because there's no love. Religion draws you to men. It has you serving men and serving demonic practices and serving false doctrines and serving, you know, you serving things with no relationship. No relationship with God. No intimacy with God. It has you bound in, in, in law, stuck on the, 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 the commandments of the law. But it always from somehow seems to leave that one great commandment, love. Religion has no love because it's a demonic spirit that literally has the people of God bound in systems, stagnant, not doing anything for God. How do you know when you're doing something for God? We're not just talking about works. Come on, because Martha was doing something for God. She was working, but she had no relationship. There was no fruit being born, being bare. She didn't, she wasn't in a posture to receive. Mary was receiving. She had a relationship. So you can be doing all these great and mighty works and still be ineffective in the kingdom because you don't have no love. Come on. What does it say? We just did that. First Corinthians. Let's go to first Corinthians 13. 
If we don't do nothing else, God is going to perfect our love walk. I don't know about y'all, but he has really been dealing with my heart. He has really been exposing some things that still need to be dealt with. And I know if he's doing it for me, I'm not, he's no respecter person. Look, just like he's examining my heart, he is examining the heart of the body. Listen, judgment comes first to the house of God. Come on, order comes first to the house of God. How are we going to be out here trying to put, take out little specks in people's eye, trying to correct people with their shortcomings when we got big old planks in our eyes called bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, pride. How are you going to be out here trying to correct somebody else when God still needs to deal with your heart? Come on. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. We said we st- st- last week, this is what we talked about. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. You can look. You got all them. Uh-huh. You casting, trying to cast devils out. You're doing all of that. But without love, it's nothing but a, 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 a gong. Just a whole lot of noise. Do you know as that woman of God, and I say woman of God because she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. She was not perfect, but she was willing. Were there some areas that she still needed him to deliver her from? Yes. Did I pray to God deliver her? Did I pray to God look take the very taste out of her mouth just like he did for me? Did I pray for her healing and, and, and for her wholeness? Yes, I declared the word of God over her life. And I loved her. I hugged her, smelling like alcohol, smelling like cigarettes, whatever else. And she looked, my daughter said that when I got in the car, she said, you know what? You smell just like the street. I know the smell because that's how you used to smell when you come home. I sure did. I loved her with the love of God. I embraced her right where she was because that's what she needs. It's God's love that brings wholeness. It's God's love that brings deliverance. It's not me. It's not you. You can't do nothing but what he allows you to do. I don't care how many people you lay hands on and they slayed in the spirit on the floor. That wasn't you care how many devils get cast out that wasn't you that was the power of God working through you on the inside of you we take too much credit for the things of God when all we are is vessels dirt vessels used by him said you're doing all of that I can promise you and I can tell you that what that young lady heard as they had that Bible smushed in her face trying to get the word into her that she already knew. They was like clanging gongs. She ain't heard none of that. Why? That's the life that she lived. She said, I know what I need to do. I know the choice that I'm making. And I said, you know what? If this is your choice and that's the choice you're making and you know that, ain't nothing else for me to do but pray. She said, thank you. Just pray for me. I know God is real. God delivered me. I've been clean for 35 years. I'm not perfect. I know what the word says. 
She didn't come to get beat up. She came because she needed to feel the love of God. So all that stuff that we be doing, you know, I call it beating the word, beating people upside the head with the word. Because when people, when they are walking in sin, they know it. When they are living beneath God's best for them, they know it. They know it. They deal. They live in it. They know it. So then when you come with it, see, they're expecting you to come. Well, you know, the words say this, that's religion. You know, the, the scripture, this is what the scripture said. We're just trying to help you. You're not helping. Yeah, but you know, if you don't get your life right, this, you're going to go to hell and, 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 and Sodom and Gomorrah and, and the homosexual and all this. Turn them over to, I'm listening to this. Turn them over to the lust of their flesh and, and women are not supposed to, I'm listening to this. Now her friend, I've already ministered healing and deliverance to her. Prayed for her, loved on her. She received it. So, I mean, they know. They, people know. But when they come to us as believers, they want to, what they want to know, how do we do better? Will you love me in spite of, because you know, Here's the thing. Let me just use me for an example. When I was dealing with addiction, it was because I was in a place of brokenness. So you turn to things like that. When you're in a place of brokenness, you don't know that girl's story. You don't know their life. Some of them have been sexually abused. Some of them have seen too many things. Some of them have been touched the wrong way. Some of them are just hurt and broken. Some of, not just them. We're not just talking about the homeless. We're talking about people in general are hurt. They're broken. They're, they're, they're desiring change. They're desiring to do better. But when we go and beat them up with the word and condemn them for, their, for the life that they're living, that does not give them the desire to want to serve the God that we declare we serve. God is love. There's no love in that. There's no love in that. Can I help you? We think, well, I'm, just, I, I'm just trying to correct you because I love you. There's no love in that. That's condemnation. And what it becomes, is just a bunch of noise. And it shuts them down. It shuts them down. We're just talking about the sinner. No, no particular sin, because I don't believe there's a measure of sin. Sin is sin. The murderer is just as much in a fallen state as the adulterer. The liar is just as much in a fallen state as the homosexual. Uh, the homosexual. A thief is in just as much a fallen state as a fornicator. There is no measure of sin. It's sin. Can't keep looking. Well, you know, we better than because look, we just religious, but they 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 addicted. It's still sin. It's idolatry. And it's against God and everything that he, he, he exemplifies for the kingdom. It's still sin. He said, look, it's like noise. It's just a bunch of noise. 
By the time we got, they got finished beating her up with the words, she was ready to just go get in her truck, smoke a cigarette. Because what she came to receive, she didn't find it there. Not there. Not, not with them. And what they thought was doing good did more harm, did more damage. Because you know what? If they had showed love, then she would have been like, well, where's your ministry? Or, or, or how can I get in touch with you? Then you, have a t- then you have a chance to be able to pour into her daily. You have a chance to be able to minister and form a relationship. They have a chance to see God through you. Not just hear them. They hearing your words, but then they looking at your actions. No, listen, form the relationship. It is the relationship of love. It says, just a bunch of noise. Then two says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge and, and I have all this faith and, you know, I can prophesy the walls, the paint off the walls. I got all these gifts flowing through me. I got all that. Can remove mountains, but I don't have no love. All of that is not worth anything. If you can't first honor the first, the greatest commandment, which is to love. gonna mistreat one of God's children and then come back and tell him how much you love him he said that what you've done for the least of them you've done it for me so how are you gonna show anything outside of the love of God for his children and then come back and tell him how much you love him he told Peter after Peter denied him three times if you love me feed my sheep You talk about you love me. If you love me, obey my commandments. That's the greatest commandment. To love. Talking about we love God. I love God. Yeah. You don't love God. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me is I ain't seen the love. All I saw was the religion. I'm just saying. Come on. We got to show the love of God. We got to stop just going to the buildings every Sunday, going to fellowship every Sunday, every midday, getting on all these lives. We got to stop doing all of that and become. Don't just go to church. Be the church. Be the body of Christ. Don't just talk about the word. Be the word. The word made manifest. The word that becomes life. Be the word. Jesus was the word. He lived the word. It was him. We are no different than Jesus. We are to be the word. Not just beat people upside the head with the word. Be the word. Be the example of the kingdom. My God. Jesus. It says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. In the middle of the parking lot, feeding the poor, passing out goods, her clothes and, 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 and water and all you doing, all that great works. But no love means nothing. In the kingdom, it means nothing. Because listen, that is still a child of God. 
What you do against them, you do against the king. What you do against them, you do against the father. I'm explaining to my grandchildren, you know, and they're like, man, that's hard to just love. I'm explaining to them what love really requires. When we're talking about this love, this agape love, see, that's what this is. This is agape love. It's unconditional love. That's the, that's the love your enemies and pray for those that talk about you. Pray for those that persecute you. When they look, slap you in one face, one side of your face, turn the other. That's that kind of love. Forgive when, even when they don't deserve forgiving. It's that kind of love. This is the love that we're talking about. The love that got Jesus on the cross and said, Father, forgive them because they don't even understand what they're doing to me right now. That's that kind of love. But do you, can I tell you this? When you love as a father love, then it is him. That comes and fights the battle. You're not, listen, we're not fighting battles against people. This is, come on, this is principalities, rules of darkness. It's a spiritual battle. So when I am a child of God and someone does something against me, you're not doing it against me. You're not speaking negative words against me. What you're doing is coming against the kingdom. You're coming against my father, my daddy. I told my grandchildren, I said, that's like somebody coming against you. You don't have to fight that battle because your daddy going to come and fight that battle for you. I don't care how wrong you are. I done been this, listen, I done fought many battles for my kids and they were straight up wrong. But that's my baby. That's my child. The father is no different. It does not matter the state per se that we are in. What matters is that we belong to him. So even in the natural eye where it looks like I'm not worthy enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not acting right. Come on, my kids, shoot. Thank God I was self-employed. I was always at the school. The principal knew me. The counselor knew me. Look, they, they, look the, the secretary knew me. They all knew me. Teachers knew me. Not because my kids was all good, but because, look, you got an issue? Come on, I'm coming. Not because you did something necessarily wrong because they up there acting. Yeah, they acting. Okay, I'm out. I'm up. I'm coming. Because I told my children, it is not for you to fight that battle. You tell me. I'm your parent. I go and I fight. I go and I defend you. This is what the father does for all of his children. Even those that we feel ain't worthy enough. Those that we feel ain't good enough. Those that we feel fall short. God is still fighting for them. And when you become an enemy against them, you become an enemy against God. When you judge them, when you condemning them, you're not condemning them. You're con- coming against God. And he repays. He is the great recompense. He is the one that fights your battles. He said, vengeance is mine. So when, we, when you out there and we as the body of Christ, we mishandle God's people. We are not only mishandling them, we are miscoming against God. And what it does, it releases judgment against us, those people that didn't know how to walk in the love of Christ, that didn't know how to walk in the love of the Father, because we too busy, you know, 
We want to make sure we get them right. We want we want to make sure that we show them, we teach them what they need to do cuz you know we've arrived. We good. God didn't send us here to do that. He sent us here to establish the kingdom of God. Do you know how you establish the kingdom of God? You establish the kingdom of God by building the people. This is how the kingdom of God is advanced. When you edify and build and strengthen his people, then the kingdom of God is advanced. Because he's part of the, they're part of the kingdom. That woman, she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Then was she living beneath everything that God had intended her to do? But does she still have a testimony? Is this possible that this is her test for her testimony? Do you know how many people can be drawn to Christ from that one soul? When God finishes the work that he started on the inside of her, it is not for us to judge. It is only for us to love. You don't know what God, the call that God has on somebody else's life. You don't know where they have to go. Come on. It requires much crushing to produce much oil. You don't know what God has for them to do. How dare we judge? How dare we condemn? How dare we walk in anything less or beneath the love of God, the same love that he showed us? Jesus, how dare we? How dare we? Come on, we forget. All that God has done for us. All that God has saved us from. We somehow, we get to a place where we think that we have arrived somewhere. Every day, new mercies. Come on. Every day, God needs to, look, look. He needs to save us yet again. Y'all forgive me. That's my fault. My Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. God is no respecter of a person. He is no respecter of a person. If we don't get this love rock right, we are going to be so accountable for those that have fallen away, for those that have, have thrown their hands up and walked away from the body, from the fellowship, from the coming together. Because when they attempted to come, they were turned away with judgment and condemnation. That's not love. That's not love. That's not the same love God showed you. That's not the same love God showed you. We forget that. We forget that. We were all yet sinners saved by grace. I don't know your story. Y'all don't know all of mine. But it was nothing but the grace of God. It was nothing but the grace of God. I don't care if you you grew up in church all your life. It was nothing but the grace of God that you've been saved. Because you can be in church and just as religious and just as bound up and headed straight to hell just like somebody on the corner. Slinging dope. It's nothing but the grace of God. Don't try to measure your sin on the, you know, in, in, in accordance to somebody else's sin. God ain't in that. God ain't in that. Woe to us. Woe to those of leaders 
that scatter his sheep because we don't know how to walk in love. Religion has told us that we need to judge, we need to condemn, we need to bring some order. God is the God of order. He is a God that brings order. He is the ruler of heaven and earth and everything within the earth. Can I I help y'all? He don't need our help. God does not. (laughs) Y'all about to. God does not need our help. Let me help y'all. We trying to help God do stuff. He look. He he said I already did it all. I don't need your help. What makes us think that God needs our help? What makes you think that the same God that saw us in our fallen state? What makes you think that he is not just as powerful to see somebody else in that same fallen state and to bring them back up the same way he brought us brought, brought us up? What makes us think that? I don't know. So look, I'm just going to I'm just going to finish reading this scripture and then we're going to pray. Amen. Yep, and it says, "Do I bestow all the goods to feed the poor and do I give my body to be burned?" But have not love, it profits me nothing. Periscope, I am about to lose you. You gotta, guys got to join me on Facebook, Monday through Thursday, about 9 o'clock. Keisha Bradley, K-E-I-S-C-H-A. Come on and join us on Facebook because you guys are about to, God bless you. And so it says, let me help y'all. This is love. This is, this is the definition of of love, God's love, true love. This is love. It says love suffers long and is kind. Is suffering and kind at the same time. Come on. Is suffering for a long however long it takes. This is the love of God. This is the unconditional agape love. It's the kind of love that perseveres with you. It's the kind of love that is willing to stand and endure with you. It is the kind of love that is willing to suffer. It is willing to suffer long. It is, and as it suffers, it never stops being kind. It never stops loving you. It never stops showing you the love. It is loving and suffering all at the same time with you. That's the same love we got to show others. I don't care what lifestyle they're living. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what they're doing. It is nothing that you can do that would make them stop sinning. The only thing that you can do that to help them is to love them. Because see, when I condemn you and when I judge you, that's going to make me feel even worse than I already feel about myself, knowing how I'm already acting. That makes that takes me to another place of getting worse, going deeper into a pit that I'm already in. It's the love of God that pulls me up from out of the pit of darkness and brings me into his marvelous light. It suffers long and is kind. It does not envy And love doesn't parade itself. It's not prideful. It's not puffed up. Come on. It does not behave rudely. That is rude. 
That is rude. When we don't have a kind word to say because we feel like somebody is, is beneath us, that is rude. As many people as I've met on the streets of Atlanta, I've met professionals that was homeless. I've met, I've met people that had skills, skilled technicians. I've met them hungry and homeless in the streets of Atlanta, dealing with stuff. I still address them as man of God. Sir, how can I serve you? God bless you. I will still hug them and hold their hand, touch them. Some people, y'all get out in the streets, y'all talk, you know, you want to serve the Lord. Listen, everybody ain't meant to go to the streets. Let me help you. You can sow a seed and your seed will still be partaker of that blessing that is attached to that person that goes to the streets. Everybody's not meant to go to the streets. Because if you got to go to the streets and you feel like your hand's too good enough to touch somebody, you don't need to be there. If they can't see the love of God coming through you, you don't need to be there. Go stay home. Sow a seed. Keep it moving. Everybody's not meant for the streets. That's not everybody's ministry. It takes a certain type of person that can love like Christ love. Love the homeless person. Love somebody that ain't had a bath in a week. That can feed somebody that's been hungry and destitute. That you see living in a cardboard box. That takes a, a different kind of love. So everybody ain't called there. You got to know where your grace is. And it's okay. Amen. Love suffers long. It's kind. It's not boastful. It's not prideful. It's not puffed up. It's not rude. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Doesn't rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It bears all things. Come on. Some of y'all want to quit. Throw in the towel. No, it bears all things. That's unconditional love. What did Jesus bear for you? What did he bear for you? What did he bear on his back? How many stripes did he take for your salvation? How many thorns was put in his head that you would be saved? Come on. How much blood ran from his body from that cross for you? Love bears bears. It bears your brother. It bears your sister. It looks beyond the fallen state and pulls them from that place in love. Jesus, come on. It bears all things. It believes all things. Not that you believe the lie, but you believe the best of people. Come on. Believe the, look, we got to get to believe in the best of people. We've been so jacked up and messed up in the religion. Look, we, we think everybody out to get us. We don't want to sow a seed because, man, I don't know what they're going to do with it. They didn't, I done been dogged out that before like that. We, we don't want to pray for nobody. We don't want to touch nobody. We don't want to embrace nobody for fear that we may get hurt again. Come on. We can't keep talking about being like Christ, who is love, but we don't want to walk that walk. My grandbaby was like, that's the love. That's too hard. Meanwhile, that takes too much. To truly love somebody means coming out of yourself. To truly love somebody means putting your agenda to the side. 
putting your opinion to the side, putting your feelings, your emotions to the side. Yeah, it, it, it may even mean coming off some of your money. That's love. Greater love has no man than this, to, to lay down his life for another. That's love. To be willing to lay down everything for the good of your brother and your sister. That's love. Hallelujah. Come on. It says love hopes all things, endures all things. It doesn't quit. It don't quit on you when it see you messing up. It don't stop loving you. When it, when it, when it see, yeah, you got a you got an issue. You had an issue with blood, with drugs, and, and you backslid. It don't say, well, you know what? Because you got high again, I'm not gonna love you no more. Come on, we gotta love like Christ. How many times have we fallen, and He still loved us and picked us back up from our fallen state? We got to love like Christ loved us. We got to love like God loved us. God so loved that he gave. Hallelujah. Love endures all things. And because of that, it never fails. Because of that, because of everything 13 and 1 says, 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 says, because of all of those things, love never fails. Because love puts, puts the person in front of itself. Love thinks more, thinks more greatly of others than it does of itself. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I just give you, let me give you the types of love. Then we're going to close out because I want you to understand the difference. This love right here, that agape love, that is the only love that is not built and driven according to your feelings and your emotions. That is the only love that is not driven by how you feel, by your opinion, by by your that's the only love that is not driven by you but requires that is given by you that that is that requires something more of you so you got agape love that's the unconditional love that's the love that regardless of what you think how you feel that's unconditional. Regardless, not predicated by what somebody else is doing, what they've done to you. It's that that has nothing to do with it. That is the love that God loved us. That's agape love. Then you got eros love, which is a romantic love. That's sexual type of love. That's a passion, a desire. Then you got filio, which is that's a friendship kind of love. You got fellatia, which is a self-love. It's compassion. It's self-compassion, you know, because you got to know how to love yourself. First, you love God. Then you got to know how to love yourself so that you can love others. Then you got storge. That's a familiar love. That's a parent-child love. Not physical, not sexual. It is a, it is a child-to-parent type of love. Then you got pragma, which is an enduring love. 
come on. Pragma and agape, they kind of run close together. Pragma, it is a love that has matured and developed over a long period of time. Then you got the ludus, ludus, L-U-D-U-S. That's that crush kind of, like that playful love, that, 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 that beginning early stages of a relationship love. Then you got that crazy kind of love that's mania. Like many, like mad crazy. That's obsessive. That's someone that can be easily, um, that can turn into something of jealousy or madness or anger. That's that kind of love. But the greatest love is the love that you have for somebody else outside of yourself. That takes you past your needs. That takes you past your opinion. And put your focus on somebody else outside of you. That's the true love. That's the love of the Father. That is the love that the world, the, that we call, you know, we talk about the lost and dying world. You know, everybody wants to say, yeah, we're living in the last days, the lost and dying world, and many will fall away. Yes, because they're searching for the love, the same love that you got, that they're not finding. In church organizations, they're not finding in buildings that are that are that are built under structures of religion. They're not finding from some people that claim to be the body of Christ. Come on, they are searching for the true love of the Father that they should feel and see exemplified through us. This is why God is saying we got to get our love walk right. You don't want to be one that has scattered the sheep. Because of religion, because of a lack of love. You don't want to be one that we get before the throne and, and, and you're the report of the Lord is that you, you were one used to scatter the sheep instead of bringing unification in the body. You don't want to be that one. You got to allow God to show you and teach you how to love like he loves. I promise you, he is truly dealing with my heart and teaching me how to be the example of his love, not my love, not my feeling, emotional love, my, you know, my, my love that is built solely on how I feel or what I think, not that kind of love, the love that he commanded from us as believers of him to love like he loved. First commandment, the greatest commandment to love God first and then our neighbors, one another. That's the love that the Father is seeking for us. That's the love that the Father is seeking to come out of our life. And yeah, that's not easy. My grandbaby said, oh, I can't do that. You can. You can. It takes you surrendering to Him and letting Him work on your heart. Letting Him renew your mind. Look, we got to have a mind of Christ. Think about what Christ has done. If we have the same mind that Christ did, who loved unto death, then it would be nothing for that to exude from out of us, out of our being, out of our pores, because I, we have a mind of Christ. Our heart is like Christ. We have a love for that which God loves. See, I promise you, God is doing something. God is doing something to us. He's doing something not just to us, but for us as the body. He's doing something. 
And I just want to admonish you today. Allow the Lord to do the heart surgery on you that he needs to do. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how many years you've been serving. I don't care how many titles and doctorates you have behind your name. I don't care if you're ordained or not ordained. I don't care how big your congregation is. I don't care how much you can prophesy and how many tongues you know. I don't care about none of that because he don't care about none of that. Only thing he cares about is do I see the love in your life? Do you have love in your heart? Are they feeling the love from you? Do you shed my love abroad upon men? Or are you shedding a bunch of religion? Are you too busy out here trying to get people right? You need to get yourself right. Stop trying to remove the speck. And let God work on your plank. Hallelujah. Come on. Father, deal with our heart. Deal with our heart. I'm just telling you because he's dealing with mine. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you because he's dealing with mine. He's no respecter of person. That which he's doing for me, he's going to do for you too if you let him. We can't, listen, ministry is about the people. Ministry is about serving God's people. You can't serve God's people if your heart ain't right. You got to let God get your heart right. Because if your heart ain't right, you'll be out there just like they was. Condemning and judging. Shutting them down. Causing them to want to have nothing to do with God. Come on. Let God deal with your heart. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. Continue to give us heart surgery, Lord. Continue to deal with our heart. Continue to show us the wickedness that is still on the inside of us. And Lord God, heal us, deliver us, and set us free. And then fill us with your love. Because the enemy waits for a house that's been swept, Lord God. It's waiting for that place to be empty, to be deli- for us to be delivered. But Father God, fill us back with your love overflow Father we need an overflow of your love an abundance of your love Lord God for your love it covers a multitude of sin for your love it casts out all fear for your love Lord God it it never fails Father God your love Father fill us with your love the love of you God the love of a father the love that was willing to lay down their life for us Father, fill us, Father, yet again. Fill us more. Fill us more. Fill us more. Fill us, Father God, till we overflow. Fill us till we want no more. Fill us till we can't contain it, Lord God. Fill us, Father. Lord, work on us. Work on the inside of us, Lord God. Let your light shine on every dark place on the inside of us, in our heart in our mind, even into our soul. And you do the work. Father, you do the work that only you can do. That we can love like you loved us. That we can love like you loved us. That we could serve like you served. Father, 
fill us with your love. Let not just let not our words just be words anymore. But Father God, let our words be life. Let our words be life. Let it let it manifest through us. Let it become life to us, Lord God. That we're not just talking about it, Father. But that we are living it. And Lord, we bless you and we thank you for this word. Father, we repent. Forgive us, Lord God. If we've ever mishandled any of your sheep. If we've ever um, done anything to offend any of your sheep, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord God. Forgive us, Father God, for every incident that we've not walked in your love, that we've not shown your love, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord, for not being the example of who you are in this earth, for not examping, for not advancing your kingdom in love. Forgive us, Father. We thank you, Lord, that the truth who begun a great work in us, Father, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful to complete it until the end. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Listen, God bless you guys. I just had to share that word. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Look, if you would just right now, just lift up your hands and, and ask the Lord, deliver me. Heal my heart, Father. Examine my heart, Lord God. Come on, let the Lord go in and do a spiritual, a spiritual surgery any even in your heart. That any bitterness, any unforgiveness, anything that's not like you, that he would cut it away with the sword of his spirit, that you would be made whole today. That you would be made whole today. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over these, your people, over us, Father. Father, I plead the blood. I saturate them with the blood. Father God, cover them with your blood, Lord God. Every crooked path, make it straight. Every broken place, Lord God, heal it. Make them whole. Yes, Father. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. Yes, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. Cleanse us with hyssop. Wash us, Lord, with your word. It is a word of God that goes in and literally exposes, because it's the light, the light of his word. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It is his word that is the light that goes in and exposes the dark places on the inside of us and literally washes us with the word. Come on. That we will be made whole. I encourage you to continue to let the Lord clean your heart. There are many people. Come on, the the Bible says the the laborers, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. There is that the harvest is great, but you gotta have a heart to be a laborer. 
You got to have the heart for the people. You got to have the heart after God and a heart after his people. And his people, listen, Jesus went after the sinner. He said, I didn't come for those that claim to know me. I didn't come for those that think they were saved. I came after the sinner. So if Jesus has come after the sinner and has been willing to put himself on the cross for the sinner, not for the saved, for the sinner, what makes us think we should be doing anything different than that? And he did it out of love to the point that he said, Father, forgive them. The same ones that beat him, that persecuted him, that hung him on the cross, that spit at him, that put the crown of thorns in his head, that beat him with the cat's not tails of nine clothes, that sent them same people, he asked the Lord to Father forgive them. The sinners that they were, Father forgive them. Because they don't understand. Come on. Jesus went to the highways and the byways with the least, the people that, the ones that people didn't want to associate themselves. That's where he was. He wasn't stuck up in a building, y'all. He went to the temple at certain times. But that's, he did not go there. He understood where ministry was in the highways and the byways. This is why he said, now you go. And greater works you do in my name. We got to understand what we're here to do. We got to advance the kingdom. We got to bring in the harvest. And we can do none of that outside of the love of God. So I really, I encourage you, let the Lord continue to work on your heart. Just like he's working on mine. This next week. I'm probably really not going to be on this live for this next week. I'm going to meet with my birthing room um, tomorrow evening, pray, get caught up with them. But I'm really going to take this week, take time out, unless he just absolutely has me to come on. I'm going to take time out before the Lord because this next season that God is taking us in, we really have to have our hearts pure. You have to have your hearts pure. You got to let the Lord close every door that the enemy is trying to gain access in. Clean heart. Give us a clean heart, Lord. Clean hands. A right spirit. A renewed mind. The mind of Christ. It's going to take all of that. It's going to take all of that and some in this season. God bless you guys. I love you. God loves you more. Can I tell you those he loves, he chastens. So if you feel like this word gave you like an ouch, that's because he loves you. He's chastening you. He's chastening me. So of course I got to get on here and share. Share the chastening and the love of the Lord. Amen. Because we got to do better. We got to do better. We have, there's, there's loss that need to be won. There's people that need to be to, to, that need the love of God to be saved, and the only with the the some of the closest contact, the only contact that some will have is that one of you. Ask yourself, if God brings someone your way, 
What are they going to get? Are they going to see him? Are they going to hear the love of God coming through you? Are they going to have an encounter with religion? Are they going to have an encounter with condemnation and pride? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So God bless you guys. Put your alerts on in case I do come on. Notifications or whatever. Amen. Um, the birthing room is still open for registrations. I only have a, I know I only have a few more slots left. Because all of the birthing room, those that have been in there, some people have signed up for two, for, both, for two sessions. I'm offering three sessions. And so I know that activation session is almost filled up. That session is $75. If you want to be part of activation, if you know that God has called you in this next season to not just keep talking, but to get out there and start doing something to advance the kingdom, you want to be in that, you want to be in that activation session. Um, so that's open classes. The session starts at the last week of September, and it's going to probably be held either on a Monday or a Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Amen. So you definitely, if you're ready for God to activate you and you're ready to get to the highways and byways and do the work, that's the session that you want to be in. It's probably an eight-week session. And I'm just believing God that when we finish with that, people are going to get out of their places of complacency and really get to doing the work of the kingdom. Amen. If you haven't already, go ahead and order my book. I've sold out on the $12 copies um, that has some printing error. So you can find the copy on uh, Kindle or Amazon. You can order your copies on Kindle or Amazon. Or if you want a signed copy, you can inbox me. Um, The cost of the signed copies are $15 plus shipping. Um, So if you want a signed copy, you can inbox me for that. I think that's all. Help me if I've missed anything. If I have, listen, check my page. I'm always posting something. Um, That's all I got for you guys tonight. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And I love you. Amen. Amen. Let's keep pushing, y'all. See you next time. Have a great week. Be prosperous. Be blessed. Be the kingdom. Be the church.